life can be so challenging. Where can you go to get divine clarification, help, and advice? Well, may I introduce Natasha Venter, medium, coach, and direct connection to your guides and angels. Through her podcast, Life Clarifications, Natasha will help you navigate through and create your life's destiny. My name is Kevin McDonald, co-host of this podcast, and I've seen her work and know that through her incredible talent, you can be changed forever. So let's start another episode of Life Clarifications with Natasha. And welcome to my independence report. This is the Life Clarifications with Natasha portion. And so I'm going to just pass it on over to you. We have a very special guest today. Tell us who we got. We got Janet Hickox, and she is someone who I just adore and look up to, well, and not on a pedestal by any means, but just <laughs> in, in just knowing that you do integrity work. And I love that about you, that you're always holding the greater good for someone to come out of with your sessions. And Janet is an astrologer, and she does human design and gene keys type of things. And uh, and it's all about the planets, how can we be better, what is made up. And today, she is going to talk about human design. And a little bit of astrology probably will slip in because they're kind of so intertwined. But I want to give a little bit of history of how Janet has been in my life. We have been, what, 10 years now? 15? Oh, my God. Since maybe 2005. So. Yeah, somewhere in there. Yeah. But Janet and I have been interacting together. And she has done astrology readings for me for a very long time. And just kept giving me those insights about how to come out of my own shell. And then she wonderfully did this human design reading for me. And it was amazing how I got these whispers of just, oh, yeah, that makes, <laughs> okay, I can understand myself a little bit more. Okay, that makes more sense. Okay, now I just know how to navigate a little bit better. <laughs> and, and so with that, the, the, we've done work. We've done fairs together. We've done amazing things together. But Janet has just, as much as I've gone off and done my thing, she has done her thing. And, and I just said, Janet, can you be on my show to help somebody find out a little bit more about themselves and see what we can do to give insight to life? Right. Insight into their authentic selves. Yes. Thank I mean, you that's for after words. all, the whole reason that I do what I do is to kind of clear a pathway for people like you, Natasha, to actually, you know, embrace who they truly are and to have the courage to actually walk that talk because it's it's difficult with all of the conditioning that we're um, susceptible to to become uh, actors in a play that isn't the role that we were actually assigned to play uh, and human design I think even more than astrology is a tool uh, that really writes that that course for people that uh, enables us to really see the truth of who we are and to be able to empower us to move in that direction. Yes, and, and I, I totally agree because I know that that was almost the turning spot for me when I got my human design chart done. And it was just amazing how much, even just lately I've been coming to it, you know, wondering how, like my, seeing my husband's chart and my chart and and doing that 
the thing that it was like, no wonder I'm so tired when he's around, you know, because of the way that his chart is and my chart is. And it's like, okay, I got to create some different boundaries here so that, you know, he can stand on his own two feet and I can stand on mine. You know, it's, it's one of those things that as we walk and, and so I just wanted, you know, that's why I wanted you here because it was like, there's a perspective that as much as I do my work, and I know that astrology taps into me, even in my mediumship and in my intuitive work that I do, because there's many times where you're doing your show and I post something that represents what you just talked about the next morning, you know, so it's like, because <laughs> yeah. I do inspirational quotes. And so it's kind of funny how that circles around, yet at the same time, you come in at it this way, which is part of that puzzle that not a lot of people don't know about. Yeah. I think a lot of people under they they know what astrology is, right? They know. I just saw a statistic the other day, something like ninety percent of the population knows their astrology sign. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. I mean, that means that astrology is really out there. Beyond that, people uh, don't know a whole lot. I mean, they may know their sun sign, but they don't realize that you know that's only this one little teeny weeny drop in the bucket of who they really are. Now we add human design to that. Now, human design astrology is sort of a synthesis of four different uh, wisdom traditions and a couple of cutting edge sciences in there as well. So what we see are elements of astrology and Eastern astrology. So both astrologies represented here, as well as elements of the Chinese I Ching and the Jewish Kabbalah or the Tree of Life. And as well, the Hindu chakra system is everything in the body graph, as you'll see when I share uh, the screen, is uh, arranged in energy centers, much like the chakras. And then when we get to cutting edge science, and this is why I really love this, it's like the marriage of science and spirit. Uh, we have quantum physics here where we see that we are all energy beings and that we are always interacting with one another on an energetic level. Even the three of us who are sitting in three separate places around the state here, uh, we are interacting uh, through energy. And if we were to look at all three of our human design charts, we'd see what parts are being lit up by the connection that we're making. Mm -hmm. So the quantum physics here really states the uh, you complete me kind of, of saying, uh, because we're always doing that. We're completing one another in some way. And then as well, the um, human design really shows us elements of the human genome. And there's a, a, a tremendous coherence in this system between the fact that there are 64 gates in your human design, 64 gates or personality traits. You have 64 codons in your DNA. And in the ancient I Ching, there were 64 hexagrams. So this number 64 comes out and it's coherent between science and spirit and then ancient spirit. So we have you know, some really key indications that there's something big here, right? There's something big going on in human design. Well, and, and I can see that, you know, like when you were doing different people's readings, it's like, oh, no wonder somebody might have like a tendency towards anxieties or mm. somebody might have a, a, a way to, you know, they're trying to work with depression or they just always got it. They have that knowing that they always got it. And, you know, and I think like I have the charts that it was like, well, if you're not intuitive, then you've got brick walls around you. <laughs> it's like, 
so there's these things that are just coming forth that it, it's amazing what this human design can actually help someone do just like me you know like i was telling kevin with this human design even me just waiting knowing that i should wait for the universe to show me where to make the next step was just yes. a blessing because i was kept feeling like i was hitting my head against the wall and as soon as i kind of waited a little bit then which i know to wait but there is a different waiting when you know it's your your um it's part of your signature of who you are there's a different kind of waiting in it and it, it was it was interesting how just me stepping back my conversations with my family changed it was just amazing how everything just kind of fell more into place yeah like straightens out mm -hmm. <laughs> and i haven't done a human design reading yet where someone said no that doesn't sound like me i mean <laughs> if anything what people say is mind blown like oh wow i used to do that when i was a kid and then over time i just lost that gift or i lost myself and so people uh, are often very surprised at that the fact that there's a system um, that really details who they are and that who they are is someone that they knew to be themselves mm -hmm. or they knew themselves to be early on in the game and then we in human design call it conditioning, where we are conditioned by the world around us, by our family, by the institutions that we entertain, the, the military, for example, or the education system, our uh, religious systems, mm -hmm. they all influence us uh, to be things that we are not necessarily meant to be. And when you study your human design, suddenly it's like there's this freedom inherent in it to be who you are meant to be. And that's true for every reading in some way that I've done, uh, where people just like this light bulb goes on. And it's like, wow, now I get to really live my truth. And, you know, besides that, human design in, if you step back a bit, human design is really an easier system to connect to than astrology. Mm -hmm. Because in astrology, we have all of these planets, we have houses, we have uh, uh, the zodiac signs themselves, and how all of that comes together uh, is pretty complex. And I'm not going to say that human design isn't complex, but it is, because it is a bit. But you can really gain key insight by knowing just three things, right? Your type and strategy, your profile or the role that you're here to play on the planet, and your authority, which is your decision-making uh, tool. And so people can go away with just three key pieces of information and really see their truth. And then, of course, if they want to dive deeper, they can certainly do that. And that's why I really felt like it was time to have people like you on, because we're in this big push right now and that's what part of this covid situation was to me in my understanding that i was hearing from my guides to really open up to find our own truth and what better way than to find someone that can explain it in a different way because i know i'm explaining it in my way <laughs> but yeah. it's nice to get you know because i believe that life is like a hand you know you can't grab onto life unless you have different tools to do it with and and so with that that you know this is one of my major tools was doing the astrology you know because the the pointer finger is the one that gives you the guidance and so that one was you know and then the intuitive work you know so we all have these tools and i just wanted to give somebody a chance to have a better understanding of another tool to give them a firmer grip on life 
Yeah, that and that makes it so much easier. So why if we have time here now, why don't we like break it down so I can at least give people some tools in those three different areas? Please so do. The, okay, the, the first thing is that there are five types. So there are manifestors, manifesting generators, generators, projectors, and reflectors. And how you find that out is you, just like in astrology, use your birth information. So your, your birth time, birthplace, and birth date. And that generates a chart that then we can begin to look at. And is it possible that I can share my screen now, Kevin, so we can kind of take a look at that? Yeah, you need to pull it up um, okay. again. And let's see. Let's go to make sure I have the screen I want up. I'm going to use your chart, Natasha. Is that cool? Okay, that's fine. I'm Okay, and then let me go back to you guys, and I'm going to hit share my screen. And just one minute. We're doing technology is something we're dancing with today. So this is. <laughs> <laughs> I dance with this all the time. And yes, uh, so, Janet is really good. She actually helped me out quite a bit. <laughs> uh, it's that I have no fear, right? I have no fear of technology. If I screw up my computer, all I have to do is get someone to fix it for me. Yes. Damn. And you have curiosity too. You being a Gemini, Gemini has a natural curiosity about things. <laughs> so yeah. it's like, okay. it's funny because this morning I was doing a class, you know, I, I do like continuing ed. It's like anything else. I still need to learn more about my craft. And uh, we were looking at our own charts and I kept seeing this funny thing. Curiosity kept poking up. <laughs> everywhere around my chart. I went, wow, okay. So maybe, you know, that's more than just a Gemini thing in my human design. It's there as well. And, and uh, Erica, we'll, we'll, um, there's questions that are coming up on the side. And um, okay. Erica, we'll give you some of this information on how to get some of this. But right now, we're just going to kind of give information and and then we'll we'll move forward with how to manage finding some of this stuff out. Cool. So what you're all looking at is a basic human design chart. This happens to be Natasha. Thank you very much for letting me share this. No problem. And I'm going to go through the quick elements here and how we get to the type that she is. You'll see over here, she's a generator, an emotional generator to boot. Um, her inner authority is emotional. Her profile is sitting here and her definition. And these are key pieces of the puzzle that really help us figure out who you are. Now, a generator is a uh, being that has access to life force energy and vitality. Let me reframe that sustainable life force energy. And what you see here in the chart is the center right here. This is called the sacral. And the sacral center, when it is colored in, and hers is colored in, uh, you are a type that is either a manifesting generator or a generator. So not to make this more complex, but you'll see here are the elements of this, the chart that I said were the energy centers where it sort of looks like the Hindu chakra system. And that each of these centers has a, um, a theme or an energy that it is broadcasting. And you'll note that almost all of her centers are colored in or defined and only one center is open or undefined. When we see color in a chart, whether it is in the center or these channels or in a gate, which are the numbered areas, that means she is broadcasting her authentic energy through those centers or through those gates or through those channels. Where you see white, this is where there are elements here that she picks up from outside of herself. 
right? So the conditioning field, let's say, or from the people she's in relationship with, or even planets in transit can have an effect on this human design chart, especially if they're filling in uh, a, a part of the chart that's not normally filled in. So the white areas we say are undefined because it, it's inconsistent energy. You're sort of borrowing it from the people that you're hanging out with or from uh, the people you're in relationship with or from the transiting planets. So they are places where you're open to expressing energies that aren't quite you right? It's, it's you learning to be wise about how to use that energy or to understand that energy versus the defined areas or the colored in areas of the chart, which are truly and authentically you. So as a generator type, she has, uh, you have, you and she. <laughs> Come Go back. ahead and speak to me as a third person. I don't care. <laughs> no, I'm like, oh, okay, wait, is this third person or first person? What should we do here? Um, so uh, you, Natasha, have access to a lot of life force energy, sustainable life force energy. And a generator is also someone who does not have any one of these four centers. If you're seeing me point to this is the ego or heart center. This is the emotional center. This is the root center. This is the sacral center. And none of the energies in these four centers make it directly to the throat center. That's how come you are a generator and not a manifesting generator. Even though in your case, you have a defined throat center, but it's defined because it connects to the Ajna, the second center here. So the generator in you has a lot of energy, a lot of life force, but has to use its strategy in order to get the energy from the motors, which are the doing parts of ourselves, up to the throat center so you can express um, and communicate and to manifest the things that you want to manifest. And there is a strategy for you to be able to do that, and it's called response. In a generator type, you are waiting for something in your outer world to respond to rather than acting from intuition or uh, meditation or prayer or any kind of idea or inspiration that comes in through the mind. Okay. So you don't act from the internal. Your strategy is that you respond to things that are happening in your outer world. You're sort of dancing with the divine, uh, but in uh, the physical realm. So it's a really cool type that to be, and you work best if you are a generator type, when you are waiting for something that matches. Maybe you had an idea this morning about something that was really exciting, and you wanna take action because we're told we're sort of influenced by the outer world to just do it, right, Nike, mm -hmm. just do it. But that's not true for you. You need to wait until there's something in the outer world that you can respond to. Does that make sense? Totally. And Kevin's and I, Kevin and I's relationship was that way. I've been feeling so long to get out and be on YouTube, do the work, be on radio, whatever I was supposed to do. And Kevin came along and said, Natasha, I'm looking for someone. And I went, yes, finally, we get together. <laughs> I get to go. I finally get to go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's in your outer world. So not only is it an invitation, which you don't expressly need to have, but he's in your outer world. You've been wanting to do a podcast or you've been wanting to do a broadcast type thing. And then that thought or that idea 
found its place when something in your outer world shifted and brought you the correct opportunity. It's about aligning with life and sort of living in that flow rather than, you know, straining and stressing and pushing and, you know, that hanging on thing that we do, um, forcing things to happen mm -hmm. and then finding it all blows up in your face, right? In exactly. this way, knowing yourself helps you be in the right place, right time, right people, right opportunity. Exactly. Yeah. Now, uh, let's, so that's the generator type. Now, you guys might be asking questions like, what are these two columns of numbers? So the columns of numbers represent the gate um, organization based on the planets and where they were when you were born. So the black column here is the personality column. You'll see that's what's printed on your charts when you get a chart. But this is really your soul or your cosmic self. So when we think of this column, this is what your soul's curriculum was or is what you meant to do from a soul level. Now, the red column is called the design, and it's based on a date 90 days prior to your birth. We say that this is the time when the soul comes to be in the body and it represents your life purpose. So everything in the red column here, uh, every placement of the planet has to do with your life purpose. And so the two of these are working together. These are like maybe two different crystals you could think of. One is your soul, one is your life. And uh, so the life is more finite in that it's what you are here to express in this lifetime, while the soul holds the key to the higher evolution of uh, your own personal path forward. So they come together and they create this template for who you are. So each one of these gates have planets associated with them and they represent traits that you have that you're here to express. So for example, I'm just gonna play with this for a moment. In Natasha's chart here, you have the sun at the gate 53, which happens to sit down here. I wish it wouldn't do that, but it does that. Uh, the gate 53 down here on the root center is the gate of initiation, starting things, right? The initiative to move outward. And that means that, you know, primarily your soul's purpose was to come in here to the earth and start stuff. You know, Troublemaker. Right? Kevin calls me his troublemaker. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, you know, we could say that one word that we're not supposed to say when you're on air, um, Kevin, you know, when, when you're on KKNW, but she's here to start stuff. <laughs> and <laughs> and uh, yet there's this, there's this um, other energy in the earth and this little um, uh, symbol here represents the earth and the earth is what needs to be grounded within you before you can reach for the stars, so to speak. So before you can reach up to initiation or starting stuff, you have to have this part fixed. And this part is about ambition and goals and drive. You have to have a reason, a why, right? A what. And when you have the reason, the why, the what, then you can make those strides toward starting stuff. And that's why my mantra that I always go to is, what is this here to teach me? Because that gives me the groundedness to, to just trudge through whatever's in front of me. There you go. Right. So that happens there. Now, in the life purpose, 
you have the same setup with the earth creating the, um, the, the thing that has to be handled before you can actually get to the sun. And the sun here in your chart of the, your life purpose sun is to shock and awaken people, right? That's as a role model even because the sixth line, this little number here represents kind of the, the a little bit of extra flavoring about your particular uh, son at the gate 51. The gate 51 is on the, the heart center or ego center and it draws it together to your soul. So the, so the 51 is acting like a, a draw, uh, a magnet to draw people and experiences to you where either you're shocked or you do the shocking as a tool to awaken people. But that happens only when the earth at gate 57 is handled and that's instinct and intuition. So what we see here is the earth grounding you in insight, intuition, and um, the instinctual um, way that you react or behave. And the other side is about having the goal, the dream, the uh, drive to get out there and do. And then when you do, you find yourself beginning the right things and uh, awakening in the process. And not only awakening for yourself, but helping other people awaken as well. Right? Fantastic. We just did what, I don't know, maybe six minutes, 10, seven minutes about you. Yes, exactly. Oh. And and when you told me that the first time, it was like, oh my gosh, what a gift to to be able to know that what I'm doing is so much that driven part of me. And it was just a confirmation. And I was so grateful to be able to balance that in the walk of yeah. how I do it yeah. now. And that was that aligning. Because I always say to people, you know, you have to be in alignment and worthy of what you're doing. And this helps that. Right, because all along, perhaps you thought that you were better serving the world by being an intuitive, mm -hmm. by doing being a medium. But for some reason, your life took you in a different direction and or uh, you got off track. Actually, that everything to me in this system is right and perfect. Yes. If you're going to be a role model, the role model comes down off the roof at about age 50 to 52 and begins the real process of showing up in the world the way that uh, they were destined to be. And so you're right on track, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, you're, you're right at that age, you've had your your Chiron return. And now's your time. Before that, it may not have made as much sense to do it, right? You had kids you were raising, you had a job, you had a husband, household to take care of. Uh, so really being able to do that other part of yourself was kind of on hold until the right and perfect timing. Exactly. Like timing. me going me going back to school, because my dyslexia was so bad growing up that I didn't do school when I did it the first time. So they put me back through, the universe put me back through elementary school to help kids learn to read. So I learned to read differently. And that was part of that maturing and getting going. And I can say actually that, um, that Kevin and I kind of hooked, started hooking up about that time that you said that we kind of get off, off and ready to go. So yeah. Now that's specific to you because of the, the the setting here where you have the role. Remember I said there were three things, the type mm -hmm. and strategy, the role or the profile that you're here to live. Your profile is the four, six, and that comes from these little raised numbers here, which just give further clarification about how it is that you're here to use the energy of the earth and the sun. So with the fourth line over here, you're meant to work with the public. 
right? You're meant to work with people and you get your opportunities to um, elevate and to uh, evolve through the friends and networks of people that you know. And then over here, you fulfill that uh, purpose of the uh, soul by using the energies of intuition and awakening others in a role model kind of way where you are sort of the way shower, but it's not because you're telling people, hey, follow me, go this direction. It's because of how you show up in the world. Mm-hmm. It's like a natural thing. People will just follow you. Now, the third thing is the inner uh, authority. And here's where the actual decision making comes in. And we have other types we want to look at too, but I just want to get through this with one chart. So we have sort of the, the logical progression. And the authority in a chart is the the extra tool, let's say, that's on your tool belt to help you make the best decisions. And we said for a generator, you wait until there's something in your outer world, right? When you have that outer world, then how do you know if it's right for you or not? Well, there's two ways for a generator. One is the sacral center has a sound associated with it. It hums or speaks in an uh uh-huh or an uh uh-uh based on whether it's a correct thing for you to do or not. So there's that. That is always an action. It's like when there's something to respond to, your body naturally goes through a process of recognizing it and it's like, mm, mm-hmm, or mm, no. Mm-mm. And even if you're not saying it out loud, even though I would bet you are, um, it's still <laughs> happening within your body. There's a body wisdom that's showing up. But your actual power in making a a correct decision lies in the emotional solar plexus right here. The solar plexus is the center for emotional energy. The emotional center is a motor. So it has an energy flow to it. And And the energy here is about flow, right? Emotions rise to the heights and then they fall to the lows and they rise again and fall again. So the way for you to make decisions is to know what you feel. How do I feel about this? But don't ask yourself how you feel. Ask yourself, does this feel good? Does this feel correct? Does this feel right for me? Does this make me happy? And you'll notice that every one of those questions ends in a yes or a no, an uh uh-huh or an uh uh-uh. So for you, decision-making is not spontaneous because you have to wait through the emotional wave in order to get to clarity. And that's what you need is clarity. So especially for the big things in life, like if someone called you up today and say, hey, do you want to go to lunch tomorrow? That's not a big thing that you need to use your emotional authority for. But if you were trying to decide to take a job or not, or Mm -hmm. to move or not, to get into a relationship or get out of a relationship, those kinds of things are the bigger things in life and require you to have your emotions aligned or to be aligned with what's correct for you. So it's big, but it's really very easy. It's just that we have not been taught really from the get-go to use our emotions. We've been taught to use our minds. Mm -hmm. And there isn't one person on this planet that is designed to use their mind to make a decision. All of the decision-making comes down here into the body, into the lower centers here. This is where the real energy is. This is where the truth really lies. The head is an awareness center. These are about awareness. 
And the throat, of course, is just speaking. It's putting words to the ideas and thoughts here, but also managing the, the rest of the energy from the lower centers to be manifested. So really, the authorities lie right down in here. Yours, emotional, clarity over time. ECTL. Yes, that makes total sense. Because I know that like I had a big decision that came up. I, I work in an elementary school during the school season and like my job changed and my boss was saying, you know, tell me what your answer is. And I said, wait a minute, stop. <laughs> Let me go catch up with myself. I'll be right back. <laughs> you know, it was like, cause I yeah. had to figure out what the decision was. So yes, I, I totally agree. I'm so grateful that, that people can get these tools. You know, we're, we're in this midst of trying to find out how do, how are we supposed to be? Cause other people's truths aren't making sense anymore. That's you know, right, because they're not ours. <laughs> they're not ours. So they're not making sense anymore. So I've seen so many people, you know, changing, I don't want to say religions, but you know, that core belief, that wholehearted that you're holding on so tightly to something belief uh -huh. that they're kind of releasing it to go, oh, wait a minute, you know, this also makes a little sense. So if I put that into my mix of my belief system, that helps, you know, type of thing. So definitely, definitely. Now, Kevin, if I switch screens, will the picture change or do I have to stop sharing and reshare a new screen? There's a fine question. I do well, not know. Well, let's test our theory, shall we? Uh, uh, let's go to uh, let's go to Angelina Jolie. And now are you seeing a change in the chart? We did. Yes, we, we, did. Did, we did. So awesome. those are the, those of you that are new here that Kevin McDonald is someone that helps me be a technique person. <laughs> <laughs> he's and I love him because he's a co-host. So he's good at answering answer or asking questions when somebody else may not have the ability to ask them. So it's kind of nice to have Kevin as someone to bounce things off of. Yeah, 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 yeah. Before you so, go on to the next chart, I wanted to ask you, how long does it take for one of these to develop one of these one of these charts uh, for somebody? Um, well, literally, this is a program that all I do is input the birth information and voila, oh. I have a chart. Not only that, I don't know if you'll be able to see this or not, but if I switch over here to reports and uh, analyses, uh, and this is what you get, by the way, when you go to my website, you can request your own free human design chart and um, report. And it will come back with this chart that you see here on the left and a, well, it's about a nine page, I think, report that tells you all about you, right? The, mm -hmm. the specifics to you in a couple of sentences. Um, it's not real in depth The reading, of course, is the way that you get the best information that's for you. Um, but certainly gives you enough insight that you could, you know, kind of start your inquiry about how is this showing up in my life or not. So that's a good question. Is it livingastrology.com if somebody wants to Living-astrology.com. There's a little hyphen in there. Yep. You got to make sure you put the hyphen in too. <laughs> on, the, on the screen if you want, if you want to look at it. So awesome. take, take that down right now. So. Yeah, and we'll and put it back up too again. So it will it will be back up. Yeah. So on, on the site there, you can get your free human design chart and report. And you can also request your free astrology uh, chart if you so wish. I always tell people, if you're going to listen to my morning show, <laughs> you have to have both charts with you because, you know, we're talking about things in general 
And if you have your own charts, then you can look at your own charts and go, ah, that, I don't have that one. And so now I have that. And oh, I'm already there. So I don't need that information or, you know, be able to use it in some way for yourself. Now that's on and, YouTube, right? Yeah, on YouTube on uh, Mondays and on Fridays at 8 a.m. Pacific time, I broadcast live to YouTube, uh, Living Astrology, easy to find, no hyphen in that one, just Living Astrology. And uh, then I post it, of course, everywhere, <laughs> Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, uh, everywhere. So you can find it in a lot of different places. Cool. Yeah, thank you for letting me share that. Mm -hmm. um, so I want to real quick go into the other types because some people remember we said there were five types. Well, Angela, Angie, Angelina Jolie happens to be a manifesting generator. And what makes a manifesting generator different from you, Natasha, as a mm -hmm. generator is that she has a motor. Remember, one of the each one of each one of these four centers is a motor. If any one of those motors have channels that make it directly to the throat center and has a, a, a defined sacral, then she or he is a manifesting generator. And what you see here is she's the archetype of the manifesting generator where the gate 34, and you can hardly see that in the red. I apologize. That red is just so vibrant. Um, that gate 34 makes it all the way up to the throat center at the gate 20. So here is a person a generator type who must wait for something to respond to in the outer world. Once that is in place, then the only thing that she needs to do is push it up to the throat for expression. And often it works best with her informing people before she makes big changes so that the people don't put up roadblocks or, uh, you know, try to limit her expression. So um, where the generator type was waiting for the for the thing to respond to in the outer world, then would have um, to maybe wait through different uh, configurations for the energy to make it directly up to the throat center. In this case, this person does not. So a manifesting generator is someone that we say has life force energy, sustainable life force energy, but they're designed to multitask, to do more than one thing at a time, and also are very quick in what they do, sometimes moving very rapidly through um, different things in their day, and sometimes even skipping steps where if I as a generator or you as a generator, Natasha, tried to do that, we'd be in trouble. Mm -hmm. Like we have to go, oh. Now I got to go back and do it again. <laughs> so uh, she can skip steps. She is uh, meant to multitask and to move quickly. Uh, it's kind of like the the rabbit in the in the fable of the the rabbit, the tortoise and the hare, right? Mm -hmm. The that yeah. generators are more like the tortoise. <laughs> Manifesting generators more like the hares. Uh, so that's that type, and. Uh, she, in this case, is also emotionally defined and has emotional authority, but I'm not going to go through hers as, as, as deeply as I did yours. It was you, because you were sitting here in front of me yes. that I could do that. Uh, let's see, Natasha, let's do Sandra Bullock, shall we? Shall we? I yeah, like now, her. She's a nice yeah. lady. Now, what do you notice about her chart? It's blank. She's it's dead. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> She's not dead. I assure you she is alive and well. Um, 
but she is a very rare type in human design. So when we just looked at the generators and the manifesting generators, they make up about 70% of the population. So 70% or so of the population are built to work, to serve and master whatever it is they're here to work through. But as well, they have sustainable life force energy. So they're going and going and going. Well, then we come to a type like this where she has an open sacral. There's no energy here that's defined or is consistent. Now, let me say something real quick here. We all have all of the human design. You're not missing. Even if you have a white something, you're not missing it. It just means it expresses inconsistently. So a reflector by nature needs people around them in order to see themselves more clearly. So for example, Natasha, all of those centers that you had colored in, if you were to be in um, the field of energy around Sandra Bullock, your energy would fill in for her mm -hmm. at least eight of the nine energy centers. Yes. So she would be able to have access to energy for her that's not authentic necessarily because it's not necessarily her energy, but it would help her see herself in a different light or to have access to energy that she doesn't normally have. And the only other way that someone like her, a reflector type, can get... Um, to decision-making is to wait a full cycle of the moon, 29 days. And so if she's making a big decision, let's say the next movie is on her plate and she wants to, they want an answer, right? The studio wants to know, are you gonna be our star or not? Um, the best decisions for her come when she waits out that 29 days. And I'll show you a little bit about why. The moon, in a chart moves through between two and three gates in one day because the moon moves quickly, right? So that means at various times throughout the day, the moon, uh, throughout the week and throughout the month, the moon is gonna be uh, occupying these empty places. And sometimes it's gonna occupy, let's say like when the moon occupies the gate 22, that's gonna form a channel and that's gonna effectively define the throat center and the emotional center, right? Because there's energy at both ends, it completes that channel. And now she might be able to speak very emotionally, very easily in more clarity than what she usually is able to because those are defined. But the moon moves every two or so hours and so very soon that goes, right? So mm -hmm. a, a reflector is someone that is always reflecting the highest and the best of who we are or if they're around people that are not so positive, they're reflecting back to us the sickness or the illness or the dis-ease or the unhealthy state of the group, the tribe, the community. So reflectors have a very important function. They are love beings, right? They are here for uh, to teach us all about how to be in love with ourselves and with others, with everything about the planet. Uh, all And you'll know how successful they are or your group is by the reflection of the reflector. If your group is not doing so good, you'll see that your reflector is likely having some issues. So reflectors reflect. <laughs> uh, but Very they're well rare. said. <laughs> uh, let's see, let's go to the projector. 
uh, okay, no, we're going to go to the manifester. The manifester is the second rarest type on the planet. There's about 8% of the population that are manifestors. And you'll note that a manifester has also an open sacral. So they do not have access to sustainable life force energy. But a manifester has a motor not the sacral, but any of the other three, the root, the, well, the, yeah, the root, the um, emotional or the ego center that makes it to the throat center. These are beings that are here to initiate something. So if you're a manifester, I always think of the manifestors as the, uh, the breaking ball in pool because they just sort of start things, the start the ball rolling, but they're not designed to stick with things. Right. So these people sometimes get uh, called flaky um, or like they uh, they beat themselves up because they start things, but they don't finish them. Well, that's who they're here to be. Right. They're here to start things. They will start more things and not finish than they will start and finish in their life because they're really here to open things up and then pass it on to the next person to take care of finishing it. So in that case, for in this chart, you see that there's this ego center that's defined or the will or heart and it's a motor and it has a sort of circuitous path that makes it still up to the throat center as it goes over here to the identity center and then up to the throat it doesn't go directly kind of goes the byways but this is still a manifester and uh, manifestors because they don't have the sacral defined are not here with sustainable life force energy so they can't keep going and going and doing and doing like the generators and manifesting generators can and lastly see if i can find my projector here here she nope that's not her uh maybe i can close these now uh asa you're not it and natasha you're not it and did I close the wrong one? Ah, there she is over here. All right, so here is a projector. Now projectors make up about 22% of the population, still sort of rare, um, but projectors are open in the sacral. They have no defined sacral, so no access to sustainable life force energy. And if they do not have a motor directly to the throat, then they are not a manifester. So that's how we would make that differentiate. But they can still have a defined throat to the Ajna, right? There's a connection there that this person has. And a projector is here to lead, guide, manage, orchestrate, counsel, coach, teach. They're not here to do the work like the manifesting generators and the generators are here to do. So often they end up being told that they're lazy or they feel like they're lazy because they just can't even keep up with what everybody else is doing um, because they're here to work in a completely different way. They actually lead, guide, manage the manifesting generators and generators of the world. So their energy is really about guiding and informing. They have wisdom. These are wisdom beings. And their problem, their, their strategy is to wait for the invitation. So literally someone saying, I invite you to come in and, and guide me on this trip through whatever. Um, and when they have that invitation, then it's their energy blossoms. And no matter what it is or how long it is that they need to do this project, they have the sustainable energy for that. It's like uh, it generates an aura that sustains them 
while they are working or doing whatever it is they need to do with this person. When they push themselves into things without the invitation, then that's a different story. These beings will burn out. They end up ill or with anxieties or possible autoimmune diseases and things like that because they've been using their energy incorrectly. And often that comes from a fear that they have that they won't be invited into things. But the universe will always invite them. The more that they trust and surrender to that invitation process, the more invitations that are forthcoming. And they they just excel, right? They just bloom uh, when they are doing their work, when people recognize their wisdom and, and uh, trust them to lead, guide, and share that wisdom with them. So that was a lot. That was, but you know, I think that, um, that in the basic sense, I'm hoping, and Kevin can be a good judge for this, that, you know, it, it, I'm hoping that in some way that it kind of releases people from going, why am I not doing the, what I should be doing? You know, it's like, because we're all doing what we should be doing because there is no wrong in what we're doing. There is that we could do maybe a little bit different perspective to shift it to a greater good for us. But in a sense though, it is part of just who we are. And it's amazing. I, I'm just saying it, it was like a big light for me to, to manage this. And I know like for my husband, he doesn't have any of the lower centers. And so I can always tell what kind of day he has or who he's been around by how he comes home. <laughs> you know? And if he's totally drained because he doesn't have the energy sur you know, surface, that, like if he's been golfing all day, he'll come home and take a nap because his energy isn't sustained because he hadn't had anything really that he was working off of, you know, to sustain him, you know, because of the type of people he was around or he wasn't around anybody to help sustain him. Is and he a so projector? Yeah, he is a projector. Ah, yes. And and so with that, that it, it's been kind of interesting. And I have to be careful what energy I am because of him feeding off of me a little bit. You know, it's that fine line that that we're working. It's it's amazing once you get energy. You're exchanging energies with one another. Yes. Right? Yes, yes, yes. Yes. But him being a, a Leo and me being a Cancerian, it, it's been kind of a I, it's almost like he should have been the Cancer, you should have been the Leo. But somehow that got turned around. around. I've always said that that if the husband's happy, the marriage is happy. <laughs> That's the way I've always said it in my life. So, but it's yeah. one of those things I've that as heard... we're working. Go ahead, Kevin. I'm sorry. No, that's all right. I was just going to say, I've always heard the, the exact opposite. Yeah. If your wife is happy, the marriage is happy. Yeah. Yep. When mom is happy, everything is happy. Yeah, it's worth it. I, I did have a question for you, though, is that that it it how long to read this? And do you find any significance in, like, famous birthdays? If you, if you were born on a, on a, on a day that, that, like if you, it was uh, December seventh, nineteen forty one, or or nine eleven as an example, mm -hmm. do the people that are born on those dates are are they born like, on those for specific reasons? I would say that you, as a soul, have chosen the birth time, place, mm -hmm. and date 
so that it would maximize your ability to complete your soul's mission in the same way that you've chosen your parents, your spouse, your relatives, your relationships. And then this is the part where, you know, we're getting waxing into esoteric uh, language here um, as a soul that you've actually chosen this. This is not predestined as much as it is um, you chose it, but because we don't, recall making the choice <laughs> it's often lost on us that hey i came here to do this well and also sometimes the choice that we made was so god awful bad that you're like i couldn't possibly have planned this ahead of time yeah yeah but it's so true i i once read a book um courage of souls i think is what it was called and in here they he the author is talking about the pre uh, pre-birth like process process the whole choosing of who mm -hmm. and what and all that and he really gets into the whole thing about it's being very difficult to blame others when you recognize that it's serving your soul's evolution in some way and it gets really murky when you start yes. talking about things like rape or murder or those nasty things that, you know, humans can do to one another. But why would the souls choose that? And on a soul level, the act of love involved for you to know that you're going to come and do something that terrible to someone and host that or anger, receive that it. rage, or receive it. Um, it's just amazing to really think. It blew my mind when I read this. You know, I was mm -hmm. like, wow. And that means then I'm ultimately responsible for whatever it is. Not that I'm at fault for what happened. So don't no. mistake fault and responsibility. But in some way that I've chosen that experience, what did I have? What was it going to serve? How was it going to serve me? What was I going to learn from that experience? And see, now this is where my understanding is, is that we come in because I, in my work that I do, that I can go back to some of that knowledge. You know, I go back into the Akashic Records. I remember myself as not a meditation, but just as a memory, going back and, and talking about what I wanted to accomplish in this life. And because I like remember being born, I'm very intuitive in, in a lot of different ways. And, and with that, that I get that people come in saying, I want to experience a experience like da 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 but what ends up happening is is that we get into the human aspect and we don't always understand that when we're souls that the people we choose might have the human um politics uh <laughs> understanding perspective that that actually may do more than what we anticipated as the soul because there was the human aspect on it yeah. and we can't take fault for our soul making a choice like we may know let's say my kids you know they may have chosen i know that i heard my youngest call to me saying i want to be you know your child as i was driving actually i i5 <laughs> i could tell you exactly where i happened and and yet did did my child's soul decide to be with an alcoholic dad and learn those things maybe yes having to work through depression and anxiety and things like that but yet at the same time maybe not some of those drama trauma moments that 
the alcoholic and the child had together. You know, it, it was part of the life lesson that we all had to do because I chose some of it too myself that we all kind of work through what we're going to work through, but we can't take fault for what's happening to us because of somebody else's human, but yet our soul is making choices to interact with some form of that lesson, experience, um, reason for something to happen. Well, Having said all that, how does that come? How, where does free choice come into play? That I was just going to bring that up. So I must have been reading your mind there, Kevin. Um, the, She's very intuitive too, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, the, you know, that is one of the questions I get a lot from people is like, well, where's free will here? And as my teacher would tell you, there is no suffering in the chart, right? There's no, mm -hmm. there's no gate of suffering. There is no center where suffering is endemic. Um, it is a choice that we make. Mm -hmm. So our free will is about how we choose to show up in the world when those things happen. And we have a lot of emotional energy. As you saw, we have that, that center that's generating emotions. And the emotions that we have are typically in, we react. So we're not really choosing how to show up in that instance. We're, we're reacting. And one of the biggest changes that's happening on the planet now uh, that is scheduled to be complete by 2027 is that we're learning to become emotionally intelligent. Mm -hmm. And what that means is that we are choosing, we're remembering yeah. we have free will that in the moment that something happens, that we have a choice about how it is that we're going to feel how it is that we're going to react or respond. Let's use that word, how we are going to respond to what's happened. Now, you know, many people have tragedies. People die. We get into accidents. We have, you know, fights and domestic violence. We have all kinds of things that are going on in our, in our lives. But it's up to us how we choose to respond to that. And you brought up the whole idea of an alcoholic parent. Mm -hmm. I also went through that as a, as a youngster. When I got older, the first thing, time I really remember thinking about this idea of choice was when one of my children started down that alcoholic path. And I found myself behaving like I was when I was the kid, you know, and I went, whoa, 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 wait a minute. So the universe is trying to help me see mm -hmm. where I am still dealing with the fallout from this alcoholic childhood. And that I need to take my power back in this situation. So my choice was to take my power back then. And it, it changed the dynamic between us. It was amazing. So at all times, we have the choice. And Natasha, memory serves me, neither of your children are alcoholic, correct? Nope. Do you think perhaps maybe that was a reason that they chose to have an alcoholic father? I think that there was choices. My younger, I remember I was driving, I drove my kid down to New Mexico during the holidays and we had this conversation and she says herself that she would not change anything in her life because this is who she is today. So she decided to step from being the victim mm -hmm. to being the pro person. Now she will admit that she doesn't remember a lot of her childhood. So she's blocked out of a lot of her childhood. And I know that at some point in time, she will remember it when her, her mind, body, soul can manage some of these things that, that she decided not to manage at this time. And with that, that there's these moments that come forth, but 
she is saying herself, and I even made that choice at one time in my life. Do I become the, am I the victim of my life? Or am I, what is this here to teach me? What am mm -hmm. I going to do with this? This is an interaction, not a, a reaction to life. This is about how can we re-interact. Re do the re's, rethink about it, reprocess it, redo it so that we can say, oh, I can do this differently now. It's always a choice. You can't always choose what's happening to you. No. Right? Because stuff happens. It's life. Um, but how you show up in that is your choice. And that's where your free will really comes in. Um, and at some point in this world, I'm assuming, uh, I'm hoping it's in my lifetime, we'll release ourselves from that victim energy and we will no longer need to beat each other up, kill each other, and do mm -hmm. those kinds of things that create that reaction field. Um, I don't know how long that will happen in the future, but we're moving there. I'm there. hoping. I that, I'm asking for healing on this. <laughs> That's my mantra for that whole that whole conversation. I'm just asking yeah. whoever can whoever belief system can help out with that. That's coming from love. Just let there be healing on this. Yeah, but it's, it comes from the person, the individual. It it's a mm -hmm. it's a job for each of us individually to take on to have enough love for yourself and enough love for your fellow human beings, mm -hmm. compassion and acceptance and tolerance and all these things that are sort of the anti in the outer world right now right we had this whole you know thing going on where we're seeing the exact opposite of love and compassion and tenderness and and uh we get to choose is this what we're gonna is this who how we're gonna be defined or not mm -hmm. exactly <laughs> by the way if I wanted to do uh, what you were just doing on the screen, I could go to this website, www.living-astrology.com, and I could do it there, right? Yes, yes. Oh, see, wasn't that a nice segue? Did you, did you appreciate the, the, that, that the nuances? Nice you, Kevin. <laughs> He's got great timing. <laughs> That's great timing. And, and it's I'm so glad. good to, I'm sorry. It's so good to see everyone. And thank you for making comments. And, and I'm so grateful yeah. that everybody has popped in to, to witness this amazing dance of, of what's going on. Because... We're here. I know that that's what my life clarifications um, every Wednesday at four o'clock um, Pacific time that I my intention is to do is to help someone just become a little bit more themselves, become more enlightened, be, be loving and kind to themselves so that they can maybe be loving and kind to someone else in their world. And it's just it's amazing when. Thank you. Uh, thank you very much, Janet, for being you, because it's amazing that that you are able to help support this in this way to get us all there. Well, thank you for letting me share what I love to do. <laughs> and you're very good at it. I would hope that anybody um, would be getting a uh, session with you because it is, for me, in my perspective, it was life altering. And that's even me doing the intuitive work that I do. It was that piece that was physical. You know, yeah. we have to manage. That's the thing is that people say that we're on a we're spiritual be beings doing spiritual work, but I have an understanding. My body has to walk this path, so there's this physicality that I have to manage and navigate with. And when somebody, when I go through the grief process, or when we go through somebody doing us wrong at work, it's a it's the physical process of emotions. And yeah. the angels themselves say that you know that's why you guys are on this planet is to do the emotional work to get through 
what we're going through. To evolve and grow. To evolve and grow. Mm-hmm. And Janet, is there anything? This is the we're coming to the end of our time together, unfortunately. And uh, uh, but is there anything that you that? would you? I'm going to drag the soapbox over here and let you stand on it, and you get to say anything you want about anything you like. <laughs> um, okay. Well, now that you've put me on the spot, there's one thing that That's I fun. love to tell people that is the single most important thing that you can do for yourself. And that is to know yourself. When you know yourself, then a lot of those problems kind of disappear because you're being authentic. You're living in your own lane. You're the the passenger in the, the vehicle of your body and you are allowing it to take you to meet the right people, the right opportunities and the right timing. So know yourself and you can start by checking out astrology or human design and uh, it's free right free to Mm -hmm. at least get your chart and your report and after that you can decide what else you want to do with it that's a really good price free i like free yes because and then when it when you know with the sessions that i've had with janet it's been nice to be able to get the physic the wording that and the insight mm-hmm. because you give kind of that that little bit more insight than just the words do and i love that about it because you kind of give that that you know what mars does and you know what the moon does and you know what the sun does and so it gives that different little aspect of you know like the moon moves through quicker and and things that just help manage it's the nuance it's, it's because i've learned the different systems and so I, I love looking at things dimensionally, mm-hmm. which means that I can look at it through, well, you mentioned the gene keys in the very beginning, which is just taking the human design to the next level where we can see ourselves through as holograms, right? Or in, in a holographic universe where there's light and there's shadow and there's this opportunity to express ourselves in the highest and best that we can. And all of that is potential. It lies within us. Right. So uh, that's what I like to bring to a reading. And, you know, the sun in my chart is at the gate of the channel. So often I'm channeling. I don't realize what I'm saying. So many times people come back to me and they'll say, remember when you told me? And I'll be like, yeah, okay, maybe. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Um, Because they get this realization. It hits home. Yeah. um, Because somehow their soul is speaking to mine and I just put the words to it. I'm I I'm thinking that I got that same gate because I got the same <laughs> response in my sessions. Uh, how did you know that about me? I just kind of got it. <laughs> it just comes out of nowhere. I just kind of got it, you know, because I'm like, uh, you know, because as uh, I'm sitting here and and all of a sudden, you know, you have this woman coming to me that's just she's got a grin from from cheek to cheek that is attached to you, <laughs> Janet, that, um, and she's, she's part of your grandmother's, mm. you know, and she's saying that, uh, I may not have been blood, but I was blood with you. Mm. Does that make sense that she was, maybe she was part of your, um, adoptive family or, and I know that about you. That's why I can use that language. Um, yeah. Uh, that there's this woman and she spent some time with you uh, in uh, when you were younger 
I had a lot of, of people who spend time with us when we're younger. That seems to be one of the languages that are coming in because we've got a lot of ancestors that are trying to help us through what we're going through right now. Uh, but she's she's just saying that she's just so proud of you, that she's just she's so grateful that you're you've come into your own. And she uh -huh. says, there's not been a time in this world that women can have been allowed to do this. And she says, good job doing that. Thank you. That's a great message. Indeed, indeed. Anybody got anything else for us today? I don't know, but I'm just seeing these comments here. This is pretty cool. I didn't notice that until I switched over to comments. So hello, Erica Danielson. Mm -hmm. uh, her son and my son grew up together. And Tom, hey, it's good to see you. And Sue McCarthy, could white be you are more empathic? Yes, especially if you're white. If you have an open or a white emotional center, you tend to be more empathic any of those white centers, you're taking in the information from around you. So there's that. Hello, Kamal from Pakistan. Great to see you. Love it, love it, love it that we have these. And uh, Pauline, hello. Good to yes. see you. She says, hi, Janet and Natasha. Love it. Great to see everybody. It is wonderful to see everyone. And I'm yeah. so grateful for this moment. So if you're looking for um, Janet to do a reading for you, there again, it's living-astrology.com. And if you would like to work with me doing mediumship or a personal life coach or anything like that. I know Janet, um, we worked through some uh, past life work together when she was having a headache at one. No, one. I was having headaches at every event I ever went to. Every mm -hmm. time I was at an event like a fair, I would end up in a headache situation. So Natasha yes. stepped in and said, I can help you. <laughs> Okay. And what, I, and what I did was I cleared a lot of past lives, a lot of things that were going on. And, and you say to the day, you have not had a headache doing I, any sessions. No, not at all. It's, some, it, it's one of the more amazing things that I chalk up to uh, spirit world and working in, uh, in, in the esoteric land uh, because I've never had an issue since. Mm hmm. Thank you. That's always my wish. So you yeah. can reach me at angelicclarifications.com. And I am here every Wednesday at four o'clock p.m. Um, Pacific time. And Janet is on uh, her YouTube channel Mondays and Fridays at 8 a.m. Pacific time. Yes, you are. And if you want to find out more about uh, my independent report and the 200 and 62 episodes that are currently up and operational about people like Neil Donald Walsh and a gal by the name of Janet. Let's see, I got it here somewhere. Janet Yellen is her name. And she, she's, she's right here as well. And Natasha, I appreciate you all. And it's, it's been great fun. And uh, will you come back and, and bother us? Uh, talk to us again. Sure. I would love to. Next time, you're going to have to look at my birthday. I really am curious. You know what? I didn't think about that, Kevin, but you're right. You'll send me your birth information. Just text it to me or, or give it to Natasha. Time, date, place. And I will send you your free report so that you know who you are. Uh, I was born on 9-11. Oh, one of those people. I are one. Well, that's why I was asking. What kind of famous things do we have to do? And then around. Thank you, Sue. Yes, I, I felt the same way that it was a good show. <laughs> it was indeed. So, in any event, we could talk for hours, but we're yes. not going to. Uh, so, 
Are you sure? Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Natasha, thank you so much. And thank uh, you. And thank you both. Thank you. This is a blessing. We'll see you next time. Hey, and thanks for listening to this episode all the way to the end. Hey, pretty cool. Hey, don't forget to follow us so you can receive regular updates and new posts. And remember, take care of each other because each other's all we've got. See you next time on My Independence Report.